there can be um, some dissonance about, well, you know, should I should I take care of somebody else's needs because that's part of who I am is taking care of other people, or is this a situation where they've over, overstepped a boundary and I need to set a limit? Okay, and generally the uh, the rule of thumb is you set a limit when somebody else's behavior impacts you negatively. Okay, but sometimes depending on who the person is and your relationship with them and how badly they've overstepped a limit. Mm. You may decide that the kinder thing to do is to let it go. Staying motivated takes work. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Join Umar Jang as he shares inspirational stories and tips to get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is the Motivational Voice Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 39. Have you ever found yourself drawing a hard line in the sand and no matter what people do or say, you are done with it. You've had it. Do you ever wonder why we have those moments? Why are we willing to put up with certain things but not others? The answer is our core values those principles and perceptions of how we should behave or how we perceive others to behave. Understanding how your values affect you as a person is an extremely important skill to have in life if we are to live a purposeful and intentional life. My guest, Suzanne Patang, joins me today to share some very insightful and concrete tips about values, why they are important and how we can use them. Without further ado, let's listen to my interview with Susan. Susan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Would you take a second and introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little more about who you are and what you do? Sure, of course. I'm Susan Patang from The Quiet Zone Coaching, and I help people overcome different kinds of stress. I help them with coping skills when life gets hard. And recently, I just started a brand new program for divorcees who are looking to heal from the hurt of their divorce and get their confidence back so they can find the perfect partner for them. What prompted you, what maybe in your background prompted you to actually start coaching and decided to to do this? Ah, well... Um, I suffer myself from generalized anxiety disorder and major depressive disorder. And these are things that some people are born with. Um, I had my first panic attack when I was five in kindergarten. I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, So I went through uh, most of my adult life and just making really bad decisions and um, trying to protect myself because I was anxious and I was afraid and I was depressed and I put my loved ones through the ringer and I just, life was just awful. And I started taking medication and I had therapy, which, you know, those things are wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't do the whole job. I found out that what I needed to do was I actually had to change the way I think. I had to change the way I view life and um, where what I bring to the table. Um, medication and therapy people, especially of my generation, tend to view that as being a magic bullet, you know, give me a pill and I'll get better. 
and they don't realize that there is a whole lot of work that needs to be done on top of that in in terms of um, you know our vantage point and how we view life and and what we think about it and what color the glasses are that we're wearing that we're looking at life through. We have some pretty strong and good medication, but there are certain things that you just have to to deal with in a different way. One thing that you do is you you work a lot with people around the not only just mindset but around values and behavior, and that's actually the topic of our discussion today. What does it mean for for someone to to understand what their values are and and why are values important in in someone's life? Okay, well, the our value system is basically the framework that we hang our personality on and our behavior on. Um, it's kind of like the uh, the framework underneath the stadium seats. You know, you can put the seats on top, but without that framework, they're going to fall down. Okay. And this is what I did when I was working through my own issues so that I could develop this program for everybody else. Um, developing a solid, well-defined value system, it eliminates um, stress, first of all, because there's no question about what your behavior should be or how you should react to something or because you have defined what is important to you. Values is really just uh, a question of what traits you think are important for human beings to have. And and some of there are some that we wouldn't even consider values, um, but things like there's some things like being um, dynamic or being eager or being fascinated with things. Um, being curious, you know, these are all traits and values that we can apply to our value system. I know in the employment realm, when someone is looking for a job or something like that, they look at skills, uh, they look mm-hmm. at knowledge, ability, they call the SKA. How is that different from values? Okay. Um, in the employment arena um, and human resources uh, capacity, you would look at it as hard skills versus soft skills. Okay. Hard skills have to do with how fast can you type or, you know, what is your technical skill set to go along with the job, okay? Um, Your soft skills have to do with how well you work with the team, um, how how cooperative you are, what is your learning style, how do you manage problems, you know, do you get upset, are you a problem solver, do you blow off steam, or, you know, how do you work, as a person, as a human being. Your value system, believe it or not, is what really sets you up to have the best soft skills um, for to be hireable. A lot of human resources managers nowadays are really willing to uh, forego some of the hard skills that might be necessary for a job because they can be taught. Um, you know, I can teach you how to use this computer program. I can teach you how to um, use this particular piece of machinery. I can't teach you as much how to be a team player. I guess I could, but it would take a lot of effort. Okay. So it's a lot better to have somebody who's going to be able to have a higher emotional intelligence, which means understanding their own emotions as well as the people they're working with. And that's a much more important part um, of employment, believe it or not, than your hard skills. I see. So from that perspective, in terms of values, these are basically the core beliefs that that define how you see life, how you go through life, how you maybe process certain things that happen in your life. How you interact with others. Right. I know we talked about the importance of values. Can you talk more about 
how you can bring those values. Let's say there are situations where you will find yourself that you can't, they go against your, basically your beliefs or your values specifically. Are there any tips around how you, how you can use your values, how you can deal with those situations without having to compromise your values? Right. Well, the first thing, what, what I encourage my clients to do is to actually sit down and make a list of their values. What, what is important to you as a human being? When you do something that is in opposition to your, your value system, which you may or may not um, be conscious of. Okay. So say for employ your employer, for example, asks you to do something that you really find goes against the grain. They want you to lie to a client. Okay. Uh, but that goes against your value system. The result is cognitive dissonance. Um, and all that means is that your conscious mind goes to battle with your subconscious mind because you're doing something that is against your value system. Okay. And the end result of that is stress. Okay. So in order to avoid that, um, what I do with my clients is I, first of all, have them define those values, what it is, the more detailed, the better, which is wonderful. Okay. And then what I do is based on those values, I ask them to describe what kind of person they want to be. I want to be the kind of person who's a good listener. I want to be the kind of person who supports their friends. I want to be the kind of person who cares for their pets better than anybody else, whatever it might be. Okay. And then now that you have those two lists, you can build an avatar. Um, and what you're doing is you're not pretending to be somebody else. You are actually going to fake it till you make it based on who that avatar is. Okay. You are becoming the best version of yourself because it's all based on your values. So you're going to create this avatar that is um, all based on your value system and who you want to be. What, what would your avatar do in any given situation? Okay. So would the person that I want to be, would I, I actually have my clients name their avatar, um, you know, like mine is Q because my father used to call me Susie Q when I was little. So, you know, when I'm not sure how to act or what I should do, or if this is something that's in contrast to my values, um, I can say, well, what would Q do? Okay. So the more you define your value system, the more you decide what kind of person you want to be and the more detailed that avatar is that person that you want to be. Um, you can use that in situations where you're not quite sure what to do. And you can say, all right, well, what would my avatar do? What would, you know, Q do? Or, you know, <laughs> uh, one of my clients named her, her avatar Ruby after her grandmother, um, which I thought was really cool because she said, if I don't know what to do, then my grandmother sure as hell will. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right. And if you can't think of what it is that you think your avatar would do, you can always ask yourself too, um, well, what would my hero do? Okay. For example, her grandmother, okay. Or somebody you respect or somebody that, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a stolen from the old Christian saying, what would Jesus do in any situation? Okay. Um, but it works. It really does work. So if you're not quite sure, um, you can always take a step back. And then another thing that I do too, with my clients is we also have a unit on uh, conflict resolution and communications. So that if there is a situation in which um, there's a conflict with their values and what somebody else wants them to do, they have the tools that they need 
to to say, look, I'm sorry, this isn't uh, you know this isn't something that that I really want to participate in. Yeah, that's interesting to have an avatar. Sounds like it's anchoring your values so that you could use that avatar mm-hmm. as a referring point for finding basically your, your your north star, right? Your guiding star to exactly. say. If I'm in this situation and I feel uncomfortable about a, a certain decision or whatever it may be, then what would my avatar do? And just plug those feelings or those actions into the right situation. Correct. And then you know, if you um, if you're uncomfortable with it, it's one of those fake it till you make it. Um, I had a, a good friend many years ago, a therapist, who said to me another version of that, and it was act as if and it will come. What you're doing when you do this is you are actually training your subconscious mind to behave in the way that you want to behave, to have the values that are important to you, okay? But our subconscious learns things from the time that we're children on. So when we're, when we're a child, we may get, say your parent yells at you, Okay. Um, and they, they're trying to get you to understand that what you just did was inappropriate. But as a child, you don't understand that. All you hear is mommy's mad at me. I must be bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. We can take messages like that to heart as we're children. And as we're growing up, we can see trauma where there maybe isn't any, but we personalize it and we in- internalize it. Um, And it can affect our behavior as adults because that experience either gets reinforced or it gets negated as we become adolescents and we start to experience life for ourselves. Um, So sometimes what happens is there are there are um, subconscious messages that we give ourselves, um, negative core beliefs that we might have about ourselves, about people, about life, um, about just about anything, relationships. But um, we may have to deprogram that. Um, and that this is a really, really effective way to do it. You, you talked earlier about cognitive dissonance, which mm-hmm. is, if I, if I got this right, if your values are in opposition to maybe something that you are asked to do. Right. When your behavior what, is in, at, at odds. With at odds right. So when your behavior is at odds with what with your, your values, basically. Correct. This concept of avatar kind of made me think, what if you are in a situation where you are finding that this having this avatar is actually, let's say, for example, at work or in a certain mm-hmm. social setting, you're having to use, what would my avatar do? But when you're on your own, let's say at home with someone you're very comfortable with, right. you're starting to think, well, I feel like I'm not being myself by having this avatar. Does that happen? And when that happens, what, what should the person do or how should they think about this avatar. So let me ask you this. When you learned how to ride a bicycle when you were a kid, okay, um, were you able to do it perfectly the first time? No, gosh, lots of falls and trials and errors. Lots of falls and trials. And that's what the avatar is. It's a way to practice um, a behavior or an attitude that you find valuable. Now, that's why it's really important to base that avatar on what you truly believe is is a value to you. Um, That is truly what you feel the person you want to be, the best version of you is, okay? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, then yeah, you're just wearing a mask. But if the best version of you 
is uh, comfortable in social situations and you need you know, to build self-confidence, that's a way to try it on and to practice. Okay. So those are, it's your training wheels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your avatar is your training wheel. Um, it, you can use that avatar even with your loved ones. Um, because for example, like I said, I teach my clients communications and conflict resolution skills. Every relationship, whether it is a uh, personal one or a romantic one, you know, friendship or romantic or, or a coworker or a boss, every relationship that we have with other people at some point is going to experience uh, some conflict. Okay. And we have to learn how to overcome that conflict in a healthy and productive um, problem-solving way, okay? And a lot of us, and think I think most of us, never learned that when we were kids, okay? We didn't learn that. Um, and and it, there are a myriad number of reasons why. But this, the avatar, again, is a way to put the training wheels on that so that you can practice. Okay, so this is what my avatar would do. So I'm going to practice it in the mirror. And then if I'm sitting on the couch with my husband and there's something he says to me that upsets me, I know how to respond. Okay, without starting a fight, without being a bitch, without, okay, because I've, I've done what my avatar would do, which is to respond calmly, okay, and and uh, being solution oriented, cooperative, and collaborative, which is what my avatar is with relationships with anybody. So it's your it, it's your training wheels. What would be a concrete example of when that happens in a relationship? Okay, um, this is a true story. <laughs> okay, this is I a like true story. Um, my husband. Uh, like he loves music. Okay. That was his way of dealing with stress when he was a teenager, um, was listening to music. He is a musical encyclopedia, um, that, which is wonderful. On Sundays, we spend the day together. This is our time. Okay. It's inviolate unless there's something really important that's happening, but he likes to play music. Okay, and his taste in music isn't always what mine is. <laughs> okay, now there's a lot of stuff we do agree on. Okay, but um, there are some things that he plays that are just make my teeth great. Okay, now <laughs> my avatar, okay, the person that I want to be is a loving, supportive partner. Okay. Um, but she also doesn't let other people kind of run all over her either. Okay, so what does she do in this situation? And this is instead of um, setting a limit and saying, um, hey, sweetie, um, when you play music like this, it really uh, bothers me. Do you think we could put something else on? Which is a a formula that I give my clients. Uh, When you do A, I like, I feel B and I'd like C, okay? So instead of doing that, though, I chose to say nothing and let him have his music. Why? Because my avatar is a kind, compassionate, loving partner. And it's a kinder thing to do to let him have the music that reduces his stress levels instead of rigidly enforcing my own needs. Okay, so that teaches me how to respond in that situation. And that's a true story. I actually did that. <laughs> I let it go <laughs> more than once. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a great example where you are, you know how they say marriage is is about sacrifice and picking your battles. It's mm-hmm. almost choosing to 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 not get what you want so that your partner or your spouse or whatever can can be happier so that you can have a healthier relationship together. That's sure, a great sure. example. Well, that's it. You know, when we um when we are going to set a limit on somebody else's behavior and I tell my client this is a really touchy thing to uh to learn. Because setting limits on other people's behavior, there's a very fine line that gets drawn between what we need and what somebody else needs, okay? So sometimes there can be um, some dissonance about, well, you know, should I should I take care of somebody else's needs because that's part of who I am is taking care of other people? Or is this a situation where they've over- overstepped a boundary and I need to set a limit, okay? And generally, the uh, the rule of thumb is you set a limit when somebody else's behavior impacts you negatively, okay? But sometimes, depending on who the person is and your relationship with them, and how badly they've overstepped a limit. Mm. You may decide that the kinder thing to do is to let it go. Okay. And here is where having that well-defined set of values and that well-defined avatar can serve you. Um, You know, so, so what's more important? Yeah, that's a good point because I may have in my value toolkit, uh, so to speak, a value that maybe you trampled on it a little bit, but I may be willing to let that slide because if I push too hard, push back too hard, I'm going to compromise another value of mine, which is maybe be kinder or you know, be more respectful or have compassion, whatever that other value may be. Right. Yeah, if you if you want bonus points, um, you can take <laughs> you can take your value list. And you can assign um, a value to them. Mm. Um, so on a scale of one to five, how important is this to you? Um, when I'm working with my clients who want to div- to date again after divorce, I do this with them with the traits that they may want to see in a potential partner. Okay, so what does your dream partner, your Prince Charming look like? Okay, and now which one of those traits is uh, uh, negotiable? And to what degree? Okay. So, yeah, well, I don't care if he has blonde hair, but boy, he damn well better have a job. Um, <laughs> you know, things like that. Right. So, you know, there, there, you can do the same thing with your own value list. And okay, this I might be willing to compromise a little bit on because it's kinder sometimes not to, to hold on to that. And I always use um, the, the, the measuring stick is always kindness. You know, what is, what is the kinder thing to do as long as, um, as not, I'm not getting hurt. Okay. As long as I'm not hurting somebody else. And as long as I'm willing to accept the consequences of whatever that decision might be, because you have to consider that too. There are people who are, have a personality that is, let's just say they don't like confrontation. Their values actually suffer what they value often gets trampled because they don't speak up or because they just they are too focused on, on not getting in, in a fight or a situation where they have to, where it's not worth it to them. What would you say to those people they could do to maybe stand up more for their values? Ah, uh, okay. Um, first of all, there are techniques and we could have an entire show about asking for what you want. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's a whole whole thing about asking for what you want, which is fine. Yeah. Um 
But what I give my clients is what I call life mantras. Okay. Um, so when you are in a situation like that and say you have some social anxiety and you're kind of afraid, you know, to stand up for yourself, you use the life mantra that says, I'm allowed to do this. Okay. So, um, that one is actually, um, I usually give to clients when they are practicing self-care and they feel guilty about taking time out of their day for themselves. And it's like, no, 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 I'm allowed to do this. Okay. And the same thing applies to standing up for yourself. It's like, no, no, I'm allowed to do this. Okay. I'm, I'm allowed to, to, to do this. Who says I can't do this? Why is my opinion any less than anybody else's? Okay. Again, you have to sometimes look at, depending on the situation, at what the consequence would be. For example, um, here's another story. I, I This is true. <laughs> I did this. Okay. I went into the post office at Christmas. Okay. Um, and what unbeknownst to me, because I don't have network television, I just get my news from the, from BBC and places like that. And we don't, we're disconnected. So I had no idea that what was going on in, in the shipping. Okay. And I had packages to send to my sons, one's in Seattle and the other one is in uh, Delaware. Mm. So I go up to the woman at the uh, counter at the post office and she was already kind of hostile to the people in front of me. And I said, okay, um, I was trying to be really nice because I could see she was on the verge of verge of flipping out. Okay. And I said, okay, um, I have these two packages and I want to know what is the cheapest way that I can get these uh, where they have to go by Christmas. That's all I said. And she got all snippy, like, oh, oh, well, if you wanted them to get there before Christmas, it should have been here two weeks ago and got, and started reaming me out. Okay. <laughs> And in my mind, I'm saying, am I going to let this go? Am I going to let this go? Am I going to let this go? Okay. And I decided I wasn't going to let it go. So I said, after she processed my packages, I said, um, you know, um, hey, I, I, I get that you're, that you're really stressed out. This must be a really hard time for you. But when you speak to me like that, it gets me really angry and frustrated and I would like you not to talk to me like that anymore. Okay. And I said it just like that. Okay. She didn't know she, she was dealing with a life coach, did she? No, she didn't. <laughs> um, and I didn't know I was dealing with a sociopath because <laughs> she lost her mind and stood up out of her chair and pointed at the door and shrieked at me to get out. Wow. The moral of the story is just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Okay. I could have done a better job at gauging her response, okay, and seeing that she was all freaked out, okay, and that I was just really, the consequence was that I was actually going to inflame her and make it worse for the people in line behind me, okay? Yeah. Life coach makes a mistake. I, I cop to it. Um, so, you know, hey, I, I didn't want her to talk to me like that. You know what? Who cares how she talks to me? Okay. Does it really matter? Is it going to change the weather on Jupiter? How she speaks to me? Does that really mean, is it going to change the direction of my life because a woman in the post office lost her cookies on me? No. <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, I think, I feel like that's one of the toughest things to do, which is to let go when you feel like someone else had, has wronged you. Yes. Yeah. This is a good segue actually into, are there values that we should be looking at, looking in, into, 
for those we want in our lives. Um, so I'm thinking our partners, even maybe a, an employer for that matter, mm-hmm. because they interview us, but we interviewed them. Or is that asking too much? It depends on what the value is. Um, things like kindness, um, kindness, compassion, mm. um, um, collaboration, being willing to work together. Okay. Uh, those are teamwork partnership. Those are things that I think are uh, non-negotiables. Some couples uh, might even agree, depending on who the individuals are, that even um, monogamy is not, and and loyalty in that sense is is not necessary. I personally, that's one of my values. It's no, um, yeah, loyalty, monogamy, that's it for me. You know, you, you stray off that, that's a, that's a deal breaker but not for everybody. So it's very hard to to make a judgment like that um, about what values may or may not, because it depends on the people who are involved. There are lots of people. um, What's important is that that the two partners have similar or complementary values, you know, so that they complement each other and fill in a gap or they actually feel very closely. Because in that way, like we were saying before, Every relationship, there is going to be a, a conflict at some point or another. So when your values are are very similar, okay, or or complement each other, and are symbiotic, you will have less space that you have to compromise to, to come to an agreement. And there is less that you will have to give up uh, when it comes to setting goals. Okay, so if it's the difference, for example say you have two partners and they're talking about how many kids to have. Okay. Yeah. And all right. And one, um, one partner wants to have, um, you know, like five kids because she feels very strongly about being a nurturer and about uh, being able to, um, to, to care for her children. And her partner may say, well, yeah, you know what? I was kind of really thinking like two, <laughs> you know, because their value has to do with maybe not um, putting as many people on the planet or uh, less of a carbon footprint or even a financial reason. Okay. So if one says two and one says five, it's easier to make a compromise than if one says five and one says, no, I don't want any at all. Uh, you see what I'm saying? It's less distance yeah. to have to travel. So the, the closer together your values are, the better. So are there, is there anything else you wanted to, to add uh, as we wrap up? Um, one thing I want to tell everybody is that not only are values important, but I think um, the most important thing that any of us human beings can do, and the byproduct of this is happiness, is to be mindfully grateful or gratefully mindful, <laughs> depending on how you want to look at it. Stay in this moment now. Forget about what happened in the past. Learn the lessons from it, but we can't go back and change it, okay? And don't keep thinking about what the next thing is you're going to do. Focus on what you have right now. We spend 100% of the time on earth that we have in right now. So not only does it make sense to focus on that, but also to find all the wonder and awe and amazement and good things that you can find in this moment. Uh, One of the life mantras I give to my clients is something good about right now is. So if you're having a bad day or you feel like crap or you're angry or whatever, stop and ask yourself something good about right now is. It might be just that my shoes are really comfortable um, or this cup of coffee is really delicious. I really needed this right now. Or it might just be that 
something good about right now is I'm surviving this and I haven't screamed yet, but there's always something. <laughs> so find and focus on that instead. Yeah, I love that that example. It, it sounds like a conversation I would have with some of my loved ones where I would say, well how, well, how was the event or whatever it was? Like, oh, it was horrible. This happened, that happened. So, okay, hmm. what is one good thing that happened at that event? Exactly. And they'll be like, oh, well, I guess this good thing happened. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Focus on the positive. You want to focus in on that positive. And that's not being unrealistic. Um, that's actually training your brain to see what's already there. Um, when when you do that, you can still be pragmatic and find the positives and things. Um, but when you focus on what is positive and what is good, you're going to start to see what I call everyday miracles occur. And it's it's not that they're miracles or or that they weren't already there. You just never noticed them before. Yeah. So yeah. So well, be mindful. Like- no, that's yeah. It's like the whole COVID situation. Things we took for granted, and yes. just being able to go outside without putting on a mask. Oh my gosh! It's like, I know. It's what amazing. is this new thing? It's wow! Look at this. You know, it's like oh wow! Oh no! I have to wear makeup again. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, how can people get in touch with you, Suzanne, if they wanted to contact you? Oh, okay. They are uh, probably the easiest thing to do is to just go to the website. Um, there is a contact page there. So if you want to reach out, feel free. Um, that is www.thequietzonecoaching.com. And there's lots of stuff on there. There's a blog page with lots of articles with great information on there. Please go check it out, read, have a good time with it. Great. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes so people can just click on it and go to your website directly and and check you out. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any final words? No, I think that's about it. I hope uh, namaste. I hope everyone has a wonderful, awesome, amazing week. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was my interview with Suzanne Patang. I love it when a guest comes on the show and shares stories about how you can apply life skills your own personal life. Think about it. How often do people have conversations about understanding your own values and why they matter? Personally, I would go as far as to say that if you don't understand your values and how they impact the decisions that you make on a regular basis, you might be going through life by trial and error. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you want to feel like you have a better understanding and better control of your life and why you make some of the decisions you make in your daily interactions with people, it might be a good idea to ask yourself, what are my values? How can I use my values in a way that serves me better, in a way that drives me towards the person that I want to be, towards the life that I want to live? And then start paying attention to the decisions you make with this newfound knowledge that your choices in life, who you choose to hang out with, the job you took or didn't take, the life you chose to live and so on and so forth, that all of those decisions are directly related to what you value, whether it's conscious or not. Why is this important? Because now that you know this, you can make adjustments to how you interact with the world around you, with people around you, and this, my friend, changes everything. And on a final note, I would love to extend an invitation to you to get in touch with me if you feel like talking to a coach such as myself will give you the clarity you need 
right now to move forward with your life. We can have a conversation about what your goals and aspirations are and come up with a plan to get you on the path to achieving the goals you set for yourself and live the life you want. You have one life on this earth, one, and you owe it to yourself to live in a way that fulfills your soul. Go to my website at umarjang.com and block time on my calendar so that we can talk. I hope to hear from you soon. As usual, you can find the show notes for today's episode on my website at umarjang.com forward slash session 39. That's session 39. By the way, if you enjoyed listening to the podcast, do me a favor and pull out your phone and rate the show. I would really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for spending part of your time with me today. I appreciate you. Until next time, please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com.